For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tuesday, October 17th, here on the Sleepers Podcast, coming to you live from lovely Las Vegas, where Carter Elliott once again looks like he's been taken hostage. I mean, it's just a theme. Don't you don't you love a good theme? I just feel like, are you actually in Las Vegas? Because I, I would have to imagine there's thousands of ways to like get a nice little Vegas-looking setup. Like, ooh, can I mean, we see a pool bar behind you? Can we get a window view instead? Like, you look like you are in the back of a trunk of a car. I mean, sir, if I was to, you know, is I don't necessarily have the ring light and, you know, the other materials that on a daily basis work extremely hard to make me look good. So, you know, I mean, I am. If I was to open this window, you probably would see the strip right now. I'm currently in the end. Open MGM the window park. then. Open the window then. All right. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I don't buy this. I don't buy that you're even in Las Vegas. For those listening, we are getting the scroll of the window. We are getting some bright sunshine. And what appears I – mean, I, I do see a mountain backdrop. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty dirty window, too, not going to lie. But, I mean, I am looking at every hotel in the Strip in Vegas right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, confirmed. Carter is in Las Vegas. He is not lying. That's a good note to start the week on. Are you a big mountain guy? Like, are you, are you like a take it all in, stare at the mountains guy? Uh, No, just because, you know, I have this thing where there's a lot of work to do that, I feel like. And all I really have to do is just go to Google Images, you know what I'm saying? And just without the work part. So yeah. uh, it's it's okay. Ah, understood. Okay. Well, thank you for being here at uh, 7.22 a.m. Pacific time. Very nice. Is Las Vegas on Pacific time or mountain time? What time is it there? Uh, It's like it's West Coast. It's 7. It is 7.30 in the morning. 7.30. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we appreciate the A-game effort. That's fantastic. Uh, Do I even have to ask what's your bit today? I do not have a bit today. I do not have a bit today. The plan was to come in here and use like the hotel mini snack bar. Came in here, saw that everything on there was motion censored. So like if I remove it from the bar, I get charged for it. And sorry to anybody at the MGM Park Hotel who's looking at this. But good Lord, the mini bar prices are absolutely astronomically not okay. Just not okay. I mean, a a morsel of a cookie is like 22 bucks. Like, what are we doing here? I'm not... I'm not feeding into that bit. So this is the end of it. It it ends today. Does it start back tomorrow? I really do hope so because I do enjoy doing it. But today, no, not happening. Uh, This is sounding a little bit poor. Did you have a a bad night at the blackjack table last night? Oh, I I did not have a bad night. I actually was on good husband mode and I let the wife take main control of gambling funds. And I said, I said, honey, go turn this into something. Go be great. She, she didn't go be great. I love her, but she did not go be great. All right. Well, uh, 
credit to you as a coach, I guess, trying to let your star player rock. Sometimes shots don't yeah. go in, but uh, hey, uh, it was a great run. I, I just want to step back broadly and say, as someone who was a big time hater of your breakfast bit, that was one of the best bits you've ever had. You were very committed to it. It lasted much longer. It was higher quality than I ever expected. So uh, kudos to Kat on that one. We've got a good show for you today including a surprise topic that Carter knows is a surprise, but he doesn't know what it is that I have prepared for him. We're also going to talk about the AP poll. We're going to get a new list from our guy, Guy, uh, who has his list of best athletes. And there's a surprise name at the top that I was not expecting. But first, as always, we start with Carter Elliott's comment of the day from our YouTube chat. What do you got, Carter? Once again, shout out to the YouTube commenters, as always. Uh, I know sometimes they get lost in in the commotion, but great, great comment day yesterday. So uh, let's see here. I'm going to stay away from the rivalry comments because there are some very hurtful ones. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of ones that were aimed at Michigan State that didn't really sit right with me. So let's see here. Okay, actually, I like this one right here. This one comes from My Red Pillow. We'll see. Talking about um, Jay Neps, I think DGL is going to surprise you. Epps is not on Illinois anymore. Nothing can be done about that now, so you got to get over it. He did score 46 because Georgetown had nobody else that could score. Illinois will score those 46 in aggregate by spreading it out between three or four guys per game. Just because a guy has a great game in the preseason doesn't mean he will be anywhere near that good in the regular season on a regular basis. Did Georgetown win that game? Did they defend anybody? Did Fs defend anybody? Did anyone else on the team score a point? You can always look at one isolated preseason game like that and draw conclusions. You are about Eps, where you are about Eps and Georgetown and Illinois. Uh, Red Pillow, he had 46. My dog, don't care if he really passed anybody else. He did have four assists, though. And they did win. And he had 46. And he shot over 50% from the field. And he shot about 70% from three. Uh, you, do you want to aggregate that? I'd, I'd rather not aggregate. Maybe you can get the one guy to do it. You don't got to aggregate at all. But I'd love to see how 46 points over 50% shooting from both the field and three and the assist and the win are aggregated between the so-called Illinois guards. I think it might happen because I'm high on Illinois, but we'll see. And he had 46. <laughs> and he, he, he did have 46, correct? He had 46. Uh, okay. Yeah, you you might want to change your username to Orange Pillow, Red Pillow, because, I mean, you're just sipping the Kool-Aid right now. Listen, there is certainly a world. In fact, it has to happen by default where Illinois distributes 46 points to other players on the team. Here's the thing that could have happened, though. You could have had the guy that got 46 with all those guys that could distribute the points. Like, there, there's no argument that removing Jaden Epps makes the rest of the remnant players better. Like, unless you want to argue personalities, and you know how I feel about personalities, you need good players, and you need to make personalities work more than you need to just get rid of certain personalities and replace with mediocre players and uh I don't know. I think you know where I think Illinois landed on that this offseason. It does not make it easier on your team to win games when you lose a guard that can score 46 points in a game. It just doesn't. You could have had that in addition to the other things you still would have had. They're not mutually exclusive. So uh fun comment. I, I, we had a lot of comments yesterday. I'm surprised that's the one you wanted to choose, Card. Do you have a little bone to pick with Red Pillow there? 
No, it was just a, a lot of the comments were uh, like Michigan and Michigan State relevant. A lot of Michigan fans dunking on Michigan State's football program, as they should. Um, but hold on. There was there was one funny one that I think I want to read. Hold on really quick here. It was yeah. it was Hauser related. I think I know what uh, it is. I'd like it from you. All right. Do you know which one I'm going with right here? I think so. I'd like to hear it, though. Okay. Okay. Let me get this one. Oh, okay. Here, this one comes from Cameron. Hauser was sloppy at times. He did throw. He did. Ne- he did throw near picks, but he di- and he didn't always help the team. But he threw touchdowns and even ran for one more than you could say for Kim. It was a rainy day in his first start. The Rocky Lombardi comparisons and hoping to clean house alongside Hauser is wild. Way too early to tell. Since it's Michigan week, let's use this as an example. JJ McCarthy was and sometimes is irresponsible with the ball. My point being, you have to let the kid grow. Uh, that's not the one I was expecting. You're gonna read. There was another, there was that comment, and then there was one more that was like basically putting words in my mouth about Hauser that just weren't true. Like somebody said, I said that like Noah Kim would have played better in this game or something, which I clearly didn't say. Um, look. Rocky Lombardi is a much better comparison for <laughs> for Kaden Hauser off of what we've seen than J.J. McCarthy. It just is what it is. Uh, you can dislike the Rocky comparison. Let's not compare him to a top four quarterback in the sport right now. Uh, J.J. McCarthy was phenomenal last year on a team that went to the college football playoff. Then he had a really bad game in the bright lights. Now he's been phenomenal again this year on an undefeated team that's blowing everybody out by 30. So J.J. McCarthy is a top four quarterback in College football? In college football, yeah. Yeah. Really? And I, can, I, I, can I get I, that order? I mean, it's Caleb Williams for sure. I think it's Michael Penix for sure. I think it's Drake May for sure. And then I think it's JJ. I, I don't know who yeah. you would take outside of those top three over JJ McCarthy. Michigan certainly wouldn't take somebody else. You wouldn't take Bo Nix? No. No, I, hmm. I mean, I, th- I think they're similar caliber, but I think I, – I don't know. I think you're, you're worried about turnovers and big spots with them. They're both prolific guys, like – and look, Michigan, right. Michigan system doesn't ask a lot from their quarterback. That's the truth too, right? Like JJ just needs mm-hmm. to sort of manage the game. The thing is he can do a lot more than manage a game when they need him to. And he has done that in the Ohio state games. Um, he failed in the college football playoff. We know that, but I, I just don't think we need to do this with Jay. Like he's second, according to betting sites, he's the second biggest favorite to win the Heisman right now. Are we really going to act like JJ is not a great quarterback? Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything you can do other than, be hating in order to have that argument right now so kate yeah. does not belong in the same conversation at all i to be completely honest with you i thought the rocky thing was complimentary like that's not me trying uh, to uh this. rocky was rocky was so bad man because outside of that michigan game rocky was really really bad like really bad okay just know that my intent was not dissing with that like i there's, oh, okay. there's clearly a gap in how i view Kaiten versus all i guess all of you guys think Kaiten's some nasty quarterback that no not nasty but rocky, that. Rocky, was, like, rocky was bad rocky, and rocky really rocky bad. had a legacy game and some other okay games Kaiten hasn't had a legacy game i guess we'll see what Kaiten does against michigan like <laughs> I, what, what yeah. do you want from me here you want me to compare him to kirk cousins what's no, he done no. what's he done to compare to anybody better than rocky lombardi Shit! What's he? Do? He hasn't Nothing. even he hasn't even approached what Rocky did at Michigan State. So, what am I supposed to do, man? Like, they I mean, don't comment. Uh, yeah, 
played one full game, but I get, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the only person you can compare him to. When does I don't the, talk about it. When does the small sample size end with him? Because for you, it was we can't talk about him until he gets a start. Now he got a start, and now it's well, that was only one game. Does it end at like eleven games? When can we? I actually say, I, I didn't say it was only one game. I just said like it you was. You just said it was only one game. You just I, said word for word it was one game. I said he's played one game. Yeah. So can we talk about him or no? <laughs> I I thought he I we already talked about it. Okay. I'm just confused. Okay, so it's, I, it's, I got it's, it. It's I got one it. Game. So is it after, just two games after, after Michigan? Is it two? Game, after one game. His comp currently is Rocky Lombardi. Yes. After after two games, is it still it's been two games? Like when is it no longer it's been X games? When can we make a definitive statement about this kid? Uh maybe uh I mean, how many games we got left? Six, I think. I, I think I'll give him like the rest of the season. Okay. So we gotta give him a full season to make a determination of how good he is. Or at least or at least I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you want if you want to do the the game to game comparison, I guess you can give it as many games as Noah Kim had. Just yeah, just tell me when you're ready, because it seemed like two quarters in we were ready to make a definitive statement about the other quarterback. But we need a full season. Not I. We need a full season for Kirk Cousins two point I guess. I, I'm okay with that. We can do that. All right. Discord comments. Let's move to the Discord. Uh, I don't want any more quarterback talk. There's going to be more of it, man. There's going to be more of it. Uh, Just wait. Michigan, J.J. McCarthy will throw three picks in the college football playoff, and we can talk about it. You can have your college football moment this year. It'll be great. Uh, G jumped in and starts us off today. He says it's bold of me to assume that Michigan State has 11 players on the field at all times when we have Ross Ells on the coaching staff. That's, that's probably that's fair. Pretty, pretty <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. This is a very funny comment, but pretty true. Fam says, uh, for me, bigger surprise, in my opinion, Cart's commitment to breakfast variety or the Discord's commitment to hashtag steak talk, not a casual. Uh, I'm shocked by the steak discourse. I really am. I'm not shocked by Carter committing to a bit. He's a bit guy and he's a good bit guy. But uh, yeah, I just I guess I didn't realize there were people that passionate about steak. It, it yeah, got I mean, reignited th- yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, that – I think that discourse started, like, four days ago, and it is still chiming into this more – like, I checked the Discord this morning, and it's still in there. I, I just feel like we got to eventually move on. I'm here for it. Like, I, if people want to talk steak, by all means, talk steak. I just uh, – I don't understand what's so compelling about it, to be honest. I guess it's kind of like one of those – like, it's like a politics thing. Like some people are super into politics and want to dialogue about that. Some people just aren't. That's how I feel. Like I'm just, I just don't get it with steak. Other people want to like dissect the best steaks. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you. We might need a steak channel for real. Cause I want this to like, I'd like reading this. I just feel like I'm speaking a different language when I see people chime in. Um, Fam says bonus question. Already heard carts discord perk. Uh, but what's my celebratory dish? Am I allowed to do desserts for this or no? Can I, before you do it, can I guess your celebratory dish? Yeah, but I got to know, am I allowed to do dessert for this or not? Yes. Okay, because I guess in my head, I don't think I really have a meal that's like, oh, it's my birthday. I'm going to go get this tonight. Like, I just, I don't really have that. Um, I do have a like a dessert, like on holidays and birthdays, I'm looking for a specific dessert. Okay. All right. I got it. Your beverage. Your beverage is a cocktail. I'm going to go with the Jack and Coke. 
doing maybe Jack and Diet. I want to say cheese pizza, but I feel like it might be something else. You're a changed man now. Salad with cheese, no dressing, croutons. And then the dessert is chocolate chip cookies. I mean, that's a great guess. You know me pretty well. Uh, the dessert is like just a box mix yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Slaps. Good. Very underrated. Yeah, that's 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 my choice. I am a sweets guy. I will say like my whole in-laws side is all salt pretty much, except my one sister-in-law is into sweets. So her and I bond over the fact that like if there's a function, we're going to end up with some sort of sweet tooth. Uh, I'm a, yeah, I would like cake, specifically yellow cake with chocolate frosting. If I was going to do a celebratory meal, to be honest, the only time I have a celebratory meal is the first weekend of March Madness. And every Thursday I used to go to my local mall and pick up a large Sbarro cheese pizza and bring it home. So that's the closest thing to celebration I have is a Sbarro pizza full size. And I still do that. Is, is, isn't that Sbarro closed now, though? It is. It's, I mean, heartbreaking. The closest one's an yeah. hour and five minutes away from me. <laughs> the closest one's an hour and five minutes from you, and we went on a road trip, and every single time <laughs> we missed the exit with the Sbarro, it never failed, even though we told ourselves the one goal. We There was a, there was a one trip where we're like, okay, the content's going to be great, but the one thing we got to do is we got to stop Sbarro at this, at this rest area. We know where it is. We know where the exit is, and we just blew it every time. Yeah, it still hurts. It's not a bit. I like Sabaro is genuinely my favorite pizza. That's not a bit. It's <laughs> I I would put it up there with any pizza in the world. Uh, crazy take, I know, but that's my answer. By the way, I skipped the comment from Ulamog who says he's low key, low key surprised the breakfast bit lasted longer than the word of the day bit. Do you want to comment on that? Word of the day is kind of hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. Uh, maybe because I'm not someone who can focus on something like that while I'm locked in on actually recording this. Yeah. I've just found myself tuning out to what you were saying, trying to like look for the word. And then I would miss like cues that I should jump in and talk on. So uh, okay. sorry, fun, fun couple days with word of the day, but we have retired that bit. We've also retired the breakfast bit. So what do you think our new bit's going to be? I mean, I'm I'm firing it back up when I get the chance. Oh, okay. We'll see about that. Fam wants to give you some love. He says, uh, Greg setting the table on the Ken Pop segment while Cart starts stretching and getting loose to fire off a take comes in with the TI-84 comment is what makes this show great. Vets to the program just know it's coming, but man, it always delivers like a good steak. I do it for y'all, man. I truly do. Boom Fizzle 79 says, I want to know if Carter legitimately thinks Renault is going to be Indiana's best player next year. My jaw kind of dropped on that comment. I think Greg's did too. Absolutely, I thought you were kidding when you said that, but you were not. No, I, I truly think that Renault could be Indiana's best player. I think that with major minutes uh in the right spot with a correct four next to him, like if you like I gave the scenario of Renault and Mbako as a front court, like I think Renault and Major Menace is getting you at minimum probably 15 and nine. Like I think I think that's really? what he's getting. Really? Yeah. That's so yeah. high. That's just so high. Yeah. I think he's getting 15 and nine. I think he has more of an ability to stretch the floor than people know. Um, I mean, in limited minutes, I know we don't like doing the projecting like more minutes equals more, you know, uh, the allocation of shots arguments. Wait, we, we don't, do, we don't like we to do, do that. like that. That's my biggest thing. You need opportunity to take a jump. If, if, but if some guy <laughs> leaves, that's key. 
but guys left for Renault. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So, like, if you look at it, and I honestly believe this because in the Indiana games that I've watched, when Renault got long stretches, yes, he did look like a freshman at times, but like the body's there. He has some things in the post. I think he can actually stretch the floor a little bit. I'm not saying like to out to the three, but I wouldn't like leave him at the elbow. I think he could stretch the floor more than a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. Obviously, he doesn't have the athleticism or the passing or anything else with Trace Jackson Davis, but I think he, you know, or even the height, because I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is like 6'11, 6'10, Renault is like 6'8, 6'9. But I truly believe that he could like carve out space and score the basketball uh, and use his frame to uh, overpower opponents. And if you look at it, like I want to say the last time I looked, Renault in I think like 12 minutes a game last year, 10 minutes was like a six and six guy, six and four, maybe. I think he played more than that, but I'm going to look it up. Can you, can Uh, I get a double check on that? Yeah, I can get you a double check. He was a six and four guy in 15 minutes a game. 15. Okay. Ah, that hurts me a little more. I needed that 12 minutes. That's also not that far off from what you're saying though. Like that's, that's really productive for 15 minutes. Yeah. Like give, give that guy 25 minutes minimum. What does that look like? Okay, here's my thing on Renault. He's not a rim protector. He averaged 0.3 blocks per game last year. He was a high turnover guy in those 15 minutes. We say he can stretch the floor. He shot 25% from three. Let me check the attempts on that. He attempted eight threes, shot two for eight from three last year. I I don't know about this. Is where I'm stretch, at. When, when I say stretch the floor, I mean like el- give me elbow. Ah, okay. So we're hoping your center can hit elbow jumpers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's undersized. I don't know. Like I said, I think if Renault's your fifth guy, you feel great about your team. If he's your best guy, you probably feel really poorly about your team. People know where I stand on Indiana this season, and people know where I stand on Indiana next season. They're a year away from being really, really good. This year, I don't see it. Uh, also, would just throw, like, Renault's in that group of Big Ten centers – who are stepping into larger roles potentially of like Terrace Reed, Felix Akpara, um, Pharrell Payne. Like there's a group of guys. It's kind of like you lump them all together. They're all talented, but you don't know what to expect. Just take situations out of it. Just take the players themselves based on what I saw from all of our road trips last year. Renault showed me the least of that group. And I feel like you and I saw different guys because I feel like you're super high. Like you saw the light in a way that I didn't. And like with Akpara, at least like, I think he's a plus rim protector. He's a lob catcher. He's an athlete a little bit. Terrace Reed is like really mobile with a great frame already. And once he gets a little more muscle and a little less baby fat, I think he's an elite defender. Um, And Pharrell Payne, we didn't see Minnesota in person, but like from the deep dive I've done and watching Joe Jackson stuff, like there's substance there quickly. I think Mm -hmm. he's their best player. I don't know what Renault is. I just know he's like a replacement level body. <laughs> so I, like, do you agree with me there on that stack rank? Like I would have him fourth clearly out of those four, as far as like future in this conference. And I feel like that doesn't track with what you're saying as far as he could lead him in scoring. Uh, well, okay. But also like could Liam McNeely or maybe like Boogie Flan or another player lead them in scoring, but not be the best player. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. know. I, I will say this based on our trips, that's not what I'm basing like my Renault takes off of because I do agree with you there. Like I did not see much there. 
But in other games, I saw him do things, especially if I if I could go back and like cut when he would get extended stretches with like when they sat Trace Jackson Davis, I just like see something there. Okay. And I could be completely wrong, but uh, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stay strong in feeling that way. I respect that the cart tree here. You just you're taking your shot on a guy, and we'll look back four years from now and say whether or not that was a win or a loss for the cart coaching tree. Yeah. By the way, I have an elite coaching tree. I just want to throw that out there. This came up in like a in a closed door meeting last night, but I have a pretty nice coaching tree. Can we get some elaboration on that? Like content, my, my eye for content talent. I have a pretty good tree. Oh, oh yeah, oh hundred percent. Yeah, I have, I have a pretty nice tree. I just want to give myself some credit there. Uh, D Rose SAT, who is our resident Indiana fan, or one of them. Jumps into Boom Fizzle's question about Renault, and he says it's plausible, but would obviously prefer someone with a higher ceiling as the best player on IU next year. He might be the best this year too, but I think his most likely outcome this year is to be what Julian Reese was: ten to twelve points a game, six to eight rebounds, with a little more of a perimeter game. I like that as a projection. That would be a good year for Malik Renault. Yeah, I do too, and just without the foul trouble. Yeah. Okay. Travis Nelson comes in. He says he saw another edition of Andy Katz list having Trey Galloway at number 21 in top 10 Big Ten returners. He said the Galloway is no longer a glue guy, but a perimeter threat for Indiana. That's probably correct. But is that a good thing? No, I I think that Trey Galloway will end up being or to me, he fits this mold as like the classic. If you put him in a glue guy situation, you love him. Your team loves him. Coach loves him. Everybody loves him. He excels in that role. He does great in that role. And if it's with a team that has other players around him and that can play winning basketball, it's like perfect. It's like if you if, if you could pick a glue guy to put on a team, I think Trey Galloway would be one of the players I would actually pick to be a glue guy on my team. If you have to look at that player in another role, if you're looking at Trey Galloway to be your go-to guy, your best scorer, like one of your best players, I just don't think that looks as good. I don't think that also leads to any sort of winning or winning basketball. And that's not saying that Trey Galloway is not a winning player or anything like that, but I think that he looks way better in a glue guy role. I think Trey Galloway could start. I think he could play 30 minutes on a really good team. I don't think he can be like second perimeter option though. That's sort of my problem. It's like, I think Indiana's one body short of where they want to be. And that's if we're banking on Xavier Johnson being really good. But like, if you were to tell me Trey was just like a spot shooter, three and D type, who was a a fifth option at all times on the floor with two front court stars, a point guard and a shooting guard who can both do things like Xavier Johnson, Hood Shafino, then Trey Galloway and two bigs. I love that team. If Trey Galloway is like going to run pick and roll and have to do stuff with the ball in his hands, I'm really scared about it. Uh, Also, I've been workshopping this. I think it's probably like a a loud fart noise, Brad Underwood, like bad miss here. But I just want to throw this out in the world to see how it feels. Uh, I'm workshopping Trey Go Away as a nickname if he's really bad this year. So I, I know, not great, but it might stick. Like if Indiana's immediately horrible, it might stick. If If I was making a list of top five blue guys that I could pick and put on any team I want to like – you know, bring a team together and make a run. Trey Galloway would make that top five list for me. I don't know what team I necessarily would add him to, but like 
I think if you add a Trey Galloway type player to a really good basketball team and like Trey Galloway's like that, I don't know, fifth or sixth guy who, like you said, is playing major minutes. I think like that looks really good. And, you know, we talk about Trey Galloway in, in a great light. I want to make a trade here. I want to put Trey Galloway on Kansas. And I want Kansas to send back their worst guard. I'm trying to think who their worst guard is. Is it do is all they have El Marco and Dewan? Is that it? Yeah, El Marco and Dewan and Timberlake. I thought they had a third off the bench, not the uh, Furphy Furphy doesn't count, right? No, I thought they had like just an end of bench guard that kind of had something that wasn't Arterio Morris, but maybe I'm no, they got they got McCuller. They they're thin. <laughs> they are shallow at the guard spot. People have this team number one in the country. Good lord. Uh I'm yeah, maybe like can we do like El Marco Jackson? For Trey Galloway. You know what? El Marco Jackson and Kevin McCuller for Trey Galloway and one of the three bigs. I don't know which one. Mbako? I mean, it might have to be Mbako, but then Indiana's losing that trade. I don't know. Let me workshop this a little more. But Trey okay. Galloway would be really good on Kansas. Uh, Booby is in the house, and Booby has his player of the day. Day six, Xavier forward Lazar Djokovic. Djokovic is a freshman 6'10", coming off a good FIBA tournament where he averaged 15, 7, and 3. He will 100% get a good amount of minutes for Xavier because of the lack of depth, who is capable of being a three-level scorer. Lazar Djokovic, name to watch. Uh, when I hear three level score, my my eyes really perk up. My ears perk up on that one. Just just to let that be known. Uh, I like the shout out. Xavier's going to be really bad this year. I think I'm, they are. Yeah, I'm pretty afraid of Xavier's roster, but I trust yeah. Sean Miller. That's the thing. Like I think I Sean trust Miller Sean Miller. I trust Davion McKnight. Uh, and I know they got some other guys, but like they lose their two best bigs and Sule. And, and Sule, and they and they play in a conference and that Colby. has Colk. Yeah, like they play in a conference with Colk and Klingon, and like there's some good Big East bigs. We love. I, I don't know how they're going to hold up. We loved Xavier so much last year, and they just burned us in the big moments. And now they lose everybody, and it's really really hard for me to buy back in. But I trust Sean Miller always. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, also, just dying that Fam responded to Booby's Player of the Day and just said, betting against Xavier every game this year. <laughs> That's very funny to me. Shout out Booby, by the way. He DM'd me uh, about making some graphics, and uh, I basically told him we were politely declining because we don't want to overdo the graphics, and we've kind of designated our list guy guy as the person for that for the bit right now. And uh, Booby made a graphic that just looks fantastic. We thought about using it for a segment on the show. We might still do that later this week, so... Uh, Booby, you have a very nice graphic touch, my friend. Keep them coming in the Discord, and uh, good work. And Malik Perry says, MSU football, same car, different driver, and same pit crew equals same results. Agree with everything Greg said about our football and Jace, but now Carter, why do you think Fears needs the ball in his hands to be very effective? Because I want my really good point guard to have the ball in his hands at all times. Simple as that. Yeah. Like I can't, can Jeremy Fierce play off the ball? I mean, maybe, but you know, to use a, a, a comp that you have brought up a couple of times, Greg, like you said, you squinted really hard and you saw like a Trey Burke type player. Are you taking the ball out of Trey Burke's hands? No, never. Then I'm, then I'd rather not take the ball out of my really good point guards hands. 
Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see Fears this year because uh, I would assume he only plays when AJ Hogarth's on the bench. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe there's a little like you you try to play Fears the two, but I think the the large look we're gonna get is like ten minutes a game of Fears running the show. And uh, I expect excellence because I love the kid. I love him as a recruit. I just think his instincts are incredible. He gets to every spot he needs to get to. His body control, his size is special. He has, like, athleticism. I'm not going to use the sneaky word because that's not the trope. But, like, I'm 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 rattled by his athleticism. Like, did he just, like, develop bounce in, like, the matter of, like, a couple months? I think he's kind of had it to be honest, just not like that's, that's why it comes back to the Burke comp for me. And I know that's a crazy comp, but like everyone was just like, Oh, this little small diminutive little stature guy, he might make some shots though. And then he showed up on campus and it was like, no, this dude's punching on people's heads from the moment he steps on campus. (laughs) Like he had all of that immediately and nobody realized it for some reason. That's how I feel with fears. Like I feel like fears is a roll the ball out and he's, a freak and no nobody talked about him like that so um it's a luxury man you got great guards but yeah we want sooner rather than later jeremy fears to run the show and uh hopefully it's next year i think that's the expectation Derek comes in he says are we giving mike woodson a little too much credit for these five-star recruits and not giving enough credit to the nil war chest that indiana has are they top three or four in the nil bad game i also don't know if Derek did this intentionally Derek is a purdue fan he spelled Woodson wrong in this comment. I respect that move so much. That's a hilarious move if that was intentional. Uh, what do you think? Are we giving Woodson too much credit? Uh, No. No, I don't think so. Because you, I, I just think – I feel like you got to give him credit, especially the narrative that was surrounding him and how he gets players and puts together rosters. Uh, now, it's still a question mark on how this roster fits and operates as a whole. But at the same time, like – I don't care. I know the NIL bag for Bloomington and all that and Indiana's great, but you know, on surface level, dude went head to head with one of the best coaches and best recruiters in college basketball. And he came out on top and he's not done yet. So, you know, maybe NIL gets you the conversation, gets your foot in the door, you know, shout out to Ryan day. You're born on third base. Maybe one might say, but uh, you got to finish the job. And I think you got to give him credit for doing that. Big week for Ryan Day, by the way. I assume uh, with your day narratives, you're expecting a Penn State win this week. And I well, a uh, little sneak peek to the newsletter: Penn State plus plus four and a half will be on the newsletter. Okay, interesting. Johnny Martin, friend of the show, uh, said he had a gift for me. He texted me like at midnight last night and said, "I I have something for you." And I said, "What is it?" My bad, I fell asleep this morning. He sent me a screenshot of a massive bet on Penn State plus four. <laughs> so I don't know where that's coming from, but it has me intrigued. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't think we can give anyone too much credit for going up against Bill Self and winning a recruit. Because if you want to say, ooh, it's the NIL bag, you know who also has NIL bags? Bill Self. He has the deepest yeah. NIL bags in the world. So if you're beating him head to head, you're doing something right. You deserve a ton of credit. Uh, and then final comment of the day, fam says he'd be very interested in an NIL top 10 bag list paging guy. Uh, we might be able to work with a certain pseudonymed insider on that. I feel like he might he might want to contribute to that list if we were going to put a list out. That could be fun. I, 
I think we could. And it'd be a fun list to look at. Because I always ask myself wondering that. Like, people ask me, like, what's Michigan State's NIL situation? And I, I really have no clue. Yeah, let me let me work on that. I think at some point we can roll that out. That would be fun before the season. So good idea, fam. Uh, and good idea, Derek, for inspiring that comment from fam. All right. Thanks to everybody in the Discord. Another great comments day. If you want to join the Discord, the link to do so is in the description. It is $9.99 a month. Carter, give a quick 20-second plug on joining the Discord. Yeah, I, I think now is the exact perfect time to get into it because I feel like these past couple of months, we've done a good job of just we, we, we kind of worked out some kinks. I feel like I can feel like these past couple of weeks, we were able to learn some things, do different channels, have some cool things planned out. But I truly think during the basketball season, this thing is really going to ramp up and you're going to find that it's a great place to not only connect with us and connect with a community of, of, of absolutely crazy college basketball fans, but also you might have access to some of one of the greatest college basketball, you know, daily picks members in the community, maybe has some access to that. So if it's not for that alone, being a part of the community, I think is really, really cool. And look for $9.99 a month, I truly think that I would, I would guarantee that if you give it a shot, if you give it a month, you'll, you'll come back. You know, the sleepwalkers uh, retention rate for members, it's really, really good right now. People, people are sticking around because I think once they get in there, they see what we're talking about. And you can see for yourself how great it is. Yeah, I think we're at about 98% retention rate. And the only reason we're not at 100 is because it, it, I insulted someone's age without knowing it was their age, like directly. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's a freak accident. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, join the Discord and uh, maybe I'll insult you personally without knowing it. Maybe I won't. Either way, it supports us. We would love it. Link to join in the description. Three topics today, Carl. Let's start with the AP poll. It dropped. Uh, this is our second straight day of doing a poll-based segment. We did Ken Palm numbers. Now we're doing the AP poll. Obviously, there are some large differences between Ken Palm and the AP poll. I would assume you feel better about this. They have Kansas at number one, Duke at number two, Purdue at number three, Michigan State at number four, Marquette five, UConn six. Uh, our Creighton is down at eight, Florida Atlantic at 10. Nothing else super relevant here to me. Uh, kind of consensus, kind of what we expected. Illinois is the only other Big Ten team on the list. They come in right at 25. So Big Ten very close to only having two teams on this entire list. Wisconsin was the first team receiving votes. Maryland also in the mix with uh, 34 votes here. Wisconsin got 53. Indiana got three votes as well further down the list. Do you like the AP poll? Do you care about the AP poll? Um, uh, I do. I do care because I, I – uh, selfishly, it feels good to be a top five preseason team. It does uh, because I think it comes with expectations that Michigan State basketball hasn't had these past couple of years. And I'm sick of not having expectations like we're a poverty program. I want to have some expectations. And I think we have those this season and it'll give us a good jumping off point to judge ourselves on. Um, can I pivot and ask you a question on this? Sure. You pick one team that's inside the top 10 that finishes outside the top 25 by the end of the season. Who would it be? Ooh, all the way out of the 25. Okay. All, that's aggressive. Let's say finds themselves in the 20 to 25 range and or out. I think there's only two on here that I could foresee that. No, three. 
No, four. I've talked myself into four teams that could fall. Uh, the most likely is Florida Atlantic, who is 10th on the AP poll. Uh, I mean, they're like in the 30s, according to the computers, whether it's Ken Palm or Evan Mia or wherever. Uh, obviously, a clear discrepancy. A lot of Final Four boost there for a team everybody loves. Everybody wants to root for Florida Atlantic, right? Is there any chance Florida Atlantic is actually the 10th best team in the country this year? I don't think so. Like I, they're a good team. They're a very good team. I, they won four games. Like let's not, let's not do the whole overreact to March stuff again. And we are doing that with them. Um, but yeah, I don't see it. I think they're like more like a fringe top 25 team in my book. Uh, the others I'll just rattle through. I think Houston could theoretically fall outside of the top 20. Uh, I think that there is going to be an adjustment in the big 12 for this team. Houston last year was a great team that had its fair share of struggles in the American. You and I know that because we bet on them constantly. And then they would just be in like a two point game with temple with five minutes left. Uh, You can't do that in the big 12. You can't like go up against Baylor and bring a, we're going to beat temple by two today effort. And also, I don't love Houston's roster as much as the past four Houston rosters. Like, I, I think they're really missing a front court star here. And their guards are good. Their guards aren't Marcus Sasser, though. So it's impressive they ripped LJ Cryer from Baylor, but I, I do think there will be an adjustment and would not be surprised at all if they drop into like 20 to 25 range. The other two are are more stretching imagination here. There's absolutely a world that Michigan State is just the same team they've been though. There is a world that that happens. I wouldn't bet on it. I'm expecting the leap, but uh, there's a world. There's definitely a world. And the last one is the preseason number one team in the AP bowl cart. There is a scenario where Kansas implodes. And I've talked about that scenario, but even just in the comments today, when we were realizing they only have two guards on the entire roster, <laughs> that's Scary. What happens if something happens to Dewan Harris? What happens if something happens to El Marco Jackson? What do they do? They don't really have like, are they running Kevin McCullough at point? Is Hunter Dickinson running point? <laughs> like yeah. that, that team uh, is incredibly thin for an AP number one team. For the first time all offseason, I have I have made a switch. Kansas is not my preseason number one team. I wow. think Kansas belongs in the two to three range. I would have Purdue as my number one team in the country currently. That's what I'd have up there. <laughs> your your love-hate toxic relationship with Purdue is so funny to me. Yesterday, you wouldn't mention them by name on the show. Now they're your number one team in the country. Last I, week, you had Michigan State over them. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just they, they chew me up and they spit me out, man. But they're just... Like they were, I don't know. They're the best team in the country. They had the least amount of question marks to me personally. Like Duke's best player might have a bad hit. Kansas is thin. Purdue has the national player of the year. Like, I don't know. It just, it seems, I think there's a lot less question marks with Purdue than there is with Duke and Kansas currently. So from what I can tell, there were 63 votes here or 63 first place votes. Purdue got three, Michigan State got one, UConn got two. The rest were Kansas and Duke. Kansas got 46 first-place votes. Duke got 11. I am very surprised that Kansas got that many of the votes. 46 of 63 votes for first place. 
I think there should be more distribution between the top group. Like I, I think Michigan State should have gotten more than one vote for first. I think Duke should have gotten more than eleven. I think Purdue definitely should have gotten double digit votes. That's like like the fact that it's consensus that it's Kansas is pretty shocking to me. I don't really know who's driving that, you know? Yeah. The one last Baylor shout here. You mentioned that they were losing to and or having uh bad games against Temple. Credit to them for literally going out and getting Temple's best player and adding him this season. Houston, you mean? Yeah, Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a special tactic. Go get the guy that's beating your ass every year and add him to your team. That's definitely really a love that tactic. I do like that. Uh, St. Mary's is 12 spots lower than Gonzaga here. Gonzaga's at 11. St. Mary's 23. I know this was a dialogue uh, in our group chats as well because St. Mary's got more votes from the West Coast Conference poll than Gonzaga did. St. Mary's won the tiebreak and was the number one team preseason according to West Coast Conference people. The AP poll does not reflect that. It has Gonzaga about 12 spots higher. Where do you stand on Gonzaga versus St. Mary's heading into the season? Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a pick 'em. That's a pick 'em thing. It, it should not be that far away. Uh, but I will say this: Is it St. Mary's was picked to win the league, right? By one more vote than Gonzaga. By one more vote than Gonzaga. Okay. Uh, I just I have a hard time thinking if I could get like Gonzaga plus one twenty to win the WCC. Like I can't not jump on that. But at the same time, I think that St. Mary's and uh, Gonzaga are, are way closer than that. Last thing I'll say about this this poll, I'm going ahead and throw two teams on this list that aren't going to be in the top 25 at the end of the season. San Diego State will not be in the top 25 at the end of the season. I mean, they, they lost a good amount. They lost Keyshawn Johnson as well. Uh, yes, they had a good run last year. Yes, they were a good team last year. I also think that their conference is really good. Like, I love New Mexico. Uh, Colorado State has Isaiah Stevens back. Like, their conference is going to be good this season. Um, I think that they will end up dropping out of the top 25. And I also think Villanova will end the season outside the top 25 as well. I like both of those shouts. I think you're correct. Uh, I'll give you the teams that will replace them. I think Colorado makes their way into the top 25. I think Maryland makes their way into the top 25. I think Auburn makes their way into the top 25 as well. And all three of those are in the first seven or eight teams that uh, also receive votes in this poll. So. All right. Uh, can I give my final AP poll stance, though? I don't care about this. <laughs> is that is it OK at all? At all? I, yeah, I don't care about this. I don't care. Would, would, would you would you not care in any fat any fashion like Michigan's oh. top 10 team wouldn't wouldn't care? Nothing. I mean, obviously, like I would think that's cool for my team, but like they've been that the last two years. I don't care. Did I like where was I celebrating? They were a preseason top 10 team last year. I don't think so. I don't remember if we talked about it, to be honest, but like, were they, pre, were they preseason top 10 last year? They were one of the last two years. They were, I think it was two years ago. They were preseason. Yeah. Two top, years. Yeah. Top five last year was top okay. 25, but okay. I just like, that's like, I don't care. It's not clear. Maybe that's, maybe I'm shaded by the fact that my team keeps underperforming, but like I, I in, as far as the preseason poll stuff goes, I'm way more interested in what, computers say and i know like we're not a math podcast you don't care about ken palm whatever like at least there's like reasons there that are quantifiable like oh this analytics system that is consistent every single year at telling us who the best teams are says Purdue's better that's an outlier and unique right 
AP poll is just a bunch of writers voted for Kansas. Why the hell do I care about that? <laughs> like, it's, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that's surprising here. I don't think there's anything interesting here. And if we have to keep talking about the AP poll constantly, I think I might lose my mind. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. No more AP poll talk moving forward. But I don't know if I can do any more Schmensch mom. I mean, we can like if, Mich- if Michigan State jumps up to number one, then that there's something compelling there to talk about. But right now, it's like we're stretching to be like, "Ooh, is it interesting that Kansas is the best team in the country according to a bunch of writers?" Not really, is it? Like, I don't know. We might disagree with three spots. Oh, they should be two spots lower. Like, I don't know. I'm just well. You want you want to know you want to know the great thing about this though, G? Is we don't is that this, this week we got we got exhibition games firing up. So we could talk about how, you know, I don't know. We could talk about how Michigan State somehow was only within that within two of Montclair State at half before they turned. And, you know, A.J. Hogarth had 7-7 seven, seven with four turnovers. That that might happen. That'll, that'll be the topic of discussion soon. And we could talk about our own poll rankings. You know, if we have 17 teams, which how it should be. So we, we want to talk about it much. Okay. Pretty good segue into my surprise topic for you today. I want to play a fun little game of is this good or bad? This came from uh, we had a a group text where the one and only Kevin Sweeney dropped a little tidbit that he had heard from some coaches. And he said, I can't decide if this is a good or a bad thing for this team. And then that got me thinking like, well, I have other versions of that that I want to talk about of things I know are happening or things we're hearing. And I can't decide if it's good or bad for the team. So I picked five of them. I have five things that I have prepared here uh, that are all for five different Big Ten teams. And I want you to tell me one by one as we go through these, is this good or is this bad for that team? Do you have any questions credit before to, the game starts? N- no, but credit to you for coming up with this. Thank you. I, I think it's a fun topic. We'll, we'll start okay. with your team. Carter, we're going to start with your team. I think you know where I'm headed on this. Mm-hmm. Xavier Booker was not in Michigan State's first 10 players on the floor at their Midnight Madness event. Historically, that has been a little green versus white showcase for the fans. It's a fun little night. But when it gets time to roll the ball out, Izzo puts his 10 best players on the floor. He's done this for 20 years. Like He puts the guys who are going to be in his rotation on the floor. Xavier Booker was not in it. Some names of guys who were on the floor in that moment. Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, Madi Sissoko, Cohen Carr, Malik Hall. All started this scrimmage on the floor together. That's five guys that could theoretically play the four or the five. Xavier Booker not there. Xavier Booker looking like an end-of-the-bench guy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Michigan State? Because I think you could make the argument If Xavier Booker, if a kid that talented isn't even like needed, isn't even on the floor for Michigan State, that speaks to how good the collective talent level is, maybe how good Cohen Carr looks right now. Or you can make the argument this is some classic Izzo. He's got the All-American, the McDonald's All-American at the end of the bench. Is that good or is that bad for Michigan State? Bad thing for Michigan State. And I feel easily about that too. It's a bad thing for Michigan State. Uh, If, if, Xavier Booker is not able to prove that he's better than the options that we have. I think that's a bad thing for Michigan State. And granted, I do see the argument that the other guys are playing so well that 
they're better than Xavier Booker, but I've said it many a times on this podcast before. Xavier Booker raises the ceiling of this team. Xavier Booker needs to play well, I think, and be a major factor for this team to be successful. If this team wants to, and to quote you and bring up the thing I hate to hear you say, if this team wants to avoid another season of losing 13 games, Xavier Booker needs to be a contributor on this basketball team. And it's a bad thing that if we throw out the 10 guys there, that he was not one of those guys. I'm very interested to see this Saturday, there's another green and white scrimmage uh, at 2.30 before the Michigan Michigan State football game. Interested to see what that looks like. But, yes, I think it's a bad thing. Xavier Booker needs to play and be on the floor. And it's it's it definitely doesn't make me feel good that he was not one of those 10 that was out there to start. Uh, how many games did they lose last year? 13. How many games did they lose the year before that? 13, I think. How many games did they lose the year before that? Was it 13? Yeah. Uh, sorry. was just doing some numbers check. I know I'm not a math podcast, but, um, yeah, actually fun little fact before I jump back in on this, uh, Terrence Williams, Michigan career, three years, Terrence Williams and Michigan teams have lost three less games than AJ Hogard, Michigan state teams have lost in the last three years. That's fascinating because Michigan's had some pretty Mich- bad teams. Yeah. That's right. There's more tournaments than him too. I mean, Michigan just had some horrible teams in there and number four team in the country is, I, I don't know, just shocking number. You can always manipulate the numbers card. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is bad too. I also think it's going to change though, in theory. Like I think even if it, November 10th or whatever it is, like he's not there, then I think by the end of the year he gets there. But also like, there are rumors of an injury in the Michigan state front court right now that could open the door a little quicker. Um, now I don't have anything confirmed on that, but the rumor is that Jackson Kohler was seen in a walking boot. So obviously look, we're, we're hoping health for everybody. We have big plans for Jackson Kohler. We think he could be really good. In fact, like they've started working in Kohler at the four, that's where he was used in this game. And that was the surprise is that Kohler was playing the four and not Booker. But I think that speaks to some things Jackson can do. Like you've called for that in the past of let's get him on the perimeter. Let's use his jump shot a little bit. He can do some stuff out there. Um, So that's a big, like big loss for Michigan state. No doubt. If that happens, one result of that would be that Xavier Booker gets on the floor. Like, right. Like that, that would be a thing that happens here. And I think you and I are saying that needs to happen. So um, even if it's bad on paper to start right now, where Xavier Booker is on the depth chart, I think that could change relatively quickly. Let's move to my second. I really hope, one. It, does. I really hope it does. Let's move to my second one. Illinois. There's been some buzz around one specific player. I don't have anything quantifiable for this one, but I have what has been shared with me privately from someone that has direct line to the coaches of Illinois basketball. The most hyped player right now, superstar breakout they're expecting, is Marcus Damask. Is that good or is that bad for Illinois? That when you ask the Illinois coaches, hey, what's going on? Who's looking good? The answer every time is Marcus Damask. Bad. Yeah, I think that's I think I think I think that's bad. Uh you need Damask to contribute to this team. You don't need Damask to be the best player on the team or the breakout player on the team. You just need him to be uh, – honestly, you need him to be Matthew Meyer with better habits. That's really all you need him to be for this basketball team uh, because you have such a great wing guard in Terrence Shannon. You don't necessarily need DeMass to be like the breakout guy. Uh, 
if you're an Illinois fan, I think the the, the person you want to hear, you want to hear like Harmon. You want to hear Ty Rogers. Not necessarily best player, but the breakout guys is one of the guys that's playing point guard. That's who you'd want to hear. But at the same time, if we heard that, we'd probably downplay and be like, oh, coaches are just hyping up the point guard. But it's interesting that Damask is the person, is the player that they're they're referring to. Do you do you feel the same? Are you are you with the bat? That's a bad thing. I'm gonna say it's a good thing. Oh. Just just because I I don't think we can say objectively like if if there's gas if there's smoke around Damask being really good objectively that would be a good thing for Illinois. Uh, would I prefer it's a different player? Absolutely. Would I prefer the the smoke is that Ty Rogers looks like an All Big Ten player or DGL looks like an instant impact guy? There there's a lot you you could do sincere Harris like there there are plenty of guys that I would have prioritized higher on my hope that Illinois coaches are saying he's a breakout star than Damask. It's still objectively good if Damask is really good. Um, now, again, <laughs> I think this all could have happened. Like, if, if you're getting smoked that Damask is really good and Jaden Epps was still in the backcourt, then we're talking about Illinois totally different. So Damask doesn't fix the holes, but on paper, not a bad thing whatsoever. For Illinois, that there's some smoke that Damask is really good. And hopefully we get to talk about that because that is the rumor we're hearing right now is like Damask looks very, very good for Illinois. Um, third one to my team. I don't know if you saw this or not. I don't know if you saw this video over the weekend. There is a video that the official Michigan basketball Twitter account put out. Terrence Williams did a three-point shooting drill. He shot 56 for 69 from three-point range. And they have it mm-hmm. on video, and they are promoting this. T. Will shot fifty six for sixty nine. Is that good or bad for Michigan basketball? The Terrence bad. Williams is shooting fifty six for sixty nine. It's bad. It's bad. And Gregory, I'll tell you right now, as a friend, as a brother, as a comrade, don't you, don't you dare, don't you do it. <laughs> I know what you want to do. Don't do, do no, no, absolutely not. Do not do it. I would take every single fiber of my being to bet that that man shoots atrocious from three this season. But like that doesn't Greg, make it, that, that doesn't make it bad that he's making shots now, right? Like it's how is it a bad thing that he's shooting well right now? That's not so, bad. So it's good. I'm not saying it moves anything for Michigan. I I don't think it's a good thing for Michigan's season projections. Like nothing changes for me. But it's it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. Like I've seen this Michigan basketball Twitter account put videos out of Hunter Dickinson missing threes in the past. That's bad. Terrence Williams making threes is not a bad thing. It's just also not a great what, thing. What 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 spot was it on the floor? It was all over. He was moving. Oh, he's moving. Okay, he, so he's he had, going re- he had rebounders and he's going around the world. He shot fifty six for sixty nine from three. Did you count it yourself? No, they put the number out. They only they showed. They only showed three of them, and one of the three was a miss, by the way. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. They put the video out, but didn't put all makes and misses out? They just put the numbers out? They put just the numbers out, and in fact... Oh, it's a, that didn't happen then. Two, two of the three were makes. One of the three was a miss. Yeah, that didn't happen then. He didn't do that. You don't even think it happened? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Maybe it didn't happen. I love the 56 for 69 number, though. I'm saying it's good. That's my answer. It's a good thing for Michigan basketball that Terrence Williams is making shots in the offseason. It's not. It's a good thing. That, it's a it's a good thing they're even putting out content. I feel like they don't put out much. I hate you sometimes. To number four, Chucky Hepburn. 
for Wisconsin. Wisconsin had their red versus white scrimmage. And uh, there's a lot of notable mentions in this box score, by the way. Nolan Winter is a freshman forward slash big for them from Minnesota. He was awesome, had a double-double in this game, hit a couple threes. Like, he could be a dude. Chucky Hepburn's the one I want to dial in on here. He went one for six from three-point range, finished the scrimmage with seven points, two assists, and two turnovers. His team had Connor Asesian and Tyler Wall with him. They lost by 18 points to A.J. Storr and Stephen Crowell and Nolan Winters' team. Is that good or bad for Wisconsin that their quote-unquote go-to point guard was very quiet in this game and other guys emerged as good options? Now, this is bad. This is exactly why we're down on Wisconsin this season. Because you got the stores, you got the Asians around you, but it doesn't matter because you got cardio Hepburn back there, and it's just not it's 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 just not going to get it done. It isn't going to get it done. It, it was and there was just so many flashes from Chucky as a freshman, and it just hasn't come along. He just really hasn't changed his game for the better of the team. I think, and maybe this year is the one he does it, but this box score doesn't indicate that it is. It doesn't, and I unfortunately the way. He has, you know, whether it be because of injuries or something else, you know, because of his shot selection and stats and things like that, it is, it's held this team back a little bit, I think. And I, I think there was hope that maybe coming into his senior year, which I believe it is, or him being, you know, uh, up there in age and him being at Wisconsin for, for, for a good amount of time, that he would be able to maybe take a step back and maybe realize that, you know, maybe he wants to give another give give another style of game a try, but it doesn't think that's going to change. Um, and I don't know either if Greg Gard would have the you know the cojones to be like, I don't know, maybe like we we scale back Hepper and like maybe we throw Store, maybe we throw like a Siege and let him run point or something else on this team. But it's definitely not a good sign that uh, Hepper seems to not have changed his ways. It's only one game. Also, Chucky Hepburn going to be a junior this year, by the way. If he's back for really? his senior year, he's, he's just never going to leave. Um, wow. I'm going to flip this. I think it's a good thing for Wisconsin mm. because here's why. My stance on them pretty much all offseason has been that any team where Chucky Hepburn is the best player stinks. That's going to be a horrible team. I am now open to the possibility that Chucky Hepburn is just not the best player on this team. In fact, I am open to the possibility that Chucky Hepburn might be like the fifth best player on this team because other guys could get better here. AJ store is a big addition. He looked the part in the scrimmage based on numbers and clips that I saw. Connor season was very poor in this scrimmage, but we still are high on him. And I think we are kind of downplaying the other pieces around this, mostly because I just laugh every time I think about a team with Hepburn being good at basketball. But like, like Crowell and Wall are good. If this Nolan Winter kid is actually like a rotation guy that maybe warrants taking some of Tyler Wall's minutes, I think that's a great development. Klesmet was really good in this game, and he's definitely like a guy that matters in the Big Ten Conference, even if he's just a role player. Um, honestly, back to our Trey Galloway like role player conversation. Give me Klesman over Galloway 10 times out of 10. I know that might be a little Eesh. controversial, but oh, I that's love... oh that's oh that's gonna that's gonna shake the room. I like Klesman. I think he's good, man. I uh I just think there's now a, a path for Wisconsin this year that asks Hepburn to do way less. And 
Uh, I mean, man, the the very first scrimmage of the year, you're on a team with Tyler Wall and Connor season. You lose by 18 to the new guys, to AJ Store and and Nolan Winter. Yeah, okay. I can now see a path forward for Wisconsin where some other guys emerge, and Chucky's not the one holding them back. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm wrong. Uh, final one on my list here. This is another scrimmage result. Maryland defeated Cincinnati in a secret scrimmage, 74-70. to 70. There's not a ton of data. I couldn't find any film on this, and there's only uh, three names that were listed statistically from, I think it was Goodman who reported this. Jameer Young went crazy. Julian Reese and Dante Scott were the next two leading scorers. Notably not mentioned, Deshaun Harris-Smith and Jamie Kaiser, two of the biggest reasons you and I are high on Maryland. Also should note Cincinnati not supposed to be super good on paper, but they do have some guys they added this offseason that I like, one being Seamus Lukosius from Butler, who I was really high on, and now he's going to step into a bigger role at Cincy. So four-point win for Maryland against Cincinnati. None of the freshmen are named. Is that good or bad for your projection for Maryland basketball? Good. It's good. It's good to me. I think it is good to me because I'm more concerned – I'm I'm less concerned about what Kaiser and Deshaun Harris Smith are going to do. I'm more concerned about the consistency and the play of guys like Scott and Reese. And I'm not saying that I don't think those guys are going to be good. I do think that Reese is going to be good, but I think that Dante Scott is one of those like needs to find consistency players, like to relate it to Michigan State, a Malik Hall type thing. Like you just want some consistency from uh Dante Scott and for him to find kind of a level ground where he just kind of is taking a dip by a little bit every single year as far as like shooting percentages and things like that but I think it's a real big boost that they were able to get the contribution from these three guys and then anything you get from Deshaun Harris Smith and Jamie Kaiser will be an addition and you know I'd love to see a full box score of this game to see what that looked like but I think it's a it's a great site that you were able to see the contribution from those three guys and Jameer Young being Jameer Young. Like that's that's going to get it done for them this year, despite what – obviously their ceiling and their floor will be cat, but like this team will go as Jameer Young goes. Like don't get it twisted. He If he's one of the best guards in the Big Ten, that'll do wonders for Maryland and what they do. Young, Reese, and Scott combined for 52 points in this scrimmage. The rest of Maryland's team combined for 22 points. So without seeing the rest of the box score, probably not a lot going on for those other guys. Uh, Jameer Young, 23. Julian Reese, 18 points, 7 rebounds. Dante Scott, 11. Feel great about Young and Reese there. Like, those are all Big Ten performances. And I think Jameer Young, like, Anyone that's still skeptical on Jameer Young should not be, in my opinion, especially when, like, he, I think he could score 20, like, night in, night out if Maryland needs him to and if they want him to, and I think they do. Uh, I'm shocked out of you going bad on everything else. I'm shocked this is the good one. I think this is bad. Uh, I don't think Cincinnati's any good. That That's the reason why I hear. I think a, a four-point win for the team that I've said should have some separation as the third-best team in this conference is not a good look. I would expect Maryland. If you had told me Jameer Young is going to give me 23 and Reese is going to give me 18 and seven against Cincy, I would say, oh yeah, Maryland should win that game by 20. They won by four with some star performances and the freshmen just aren't named. That has me very worried. Um, now it's a scrimmage again. I get it, but 
Like my, I, I'm very excited to see Maryland because I've swung all the way on. I'm super in on this team. I'm super high on them. And then now they're in a dogfight with Cincinnati with star performances from Jameer Young. I don't think that bodes well whatsoever, but we'll see. We'll see if we're right or wrong. That was good or bad. Big 10 version. Did you enjoy that game? Was that solid? I did. I really enjoyed that a lot. Fun little game there. All right. Yeah. I, I, I was very surprised that the Xavier Booker was the was the topic for the Michigan State one. What what would you have gone with? I was waiting for like uh good or bad that AJ Hogarth is the best player on this Michigan State team. Like I thought that's where it was going. You think AJ Hogarth is the best player on this team? No, I'm saying I thought you like you're you're projecting like the season. Is it uh, good or bad that AJ Hogarth is the best player on Michigan State? Could have done good or bad as AJ Hogard or AJ's hitting threes. Apparently he hit a bunch of threes in Midnight Madness. Yeah, he did. That would be bad. For me, by the way, <laughs> I don't want that. Don't, don't let that man shoot the ball. Uh, final topic of the day. Shout out to our list guy, Guy, who got ahead of the game this week. He told us he was going to be out of commission. So uh, he had all this prepared last week. We appreciate Guy's effort uh, on that front. Guy has a list here of his uh, top athletes, Carter. Any quick thoughts before I, I read the best athletes in the country list from Guy? Uh, not. Cool. let me just get to the names. Sorry, I do what this. The... Let me, let me get to the names. Let me get to the... it. I feel like it's not fun to analyze it until people hear the names. So, here's the list okay? Our, our best athletes in the country number one, Devo Davis, Arkansas, number two, Cohen Carr, number three, Cliff Amorier, number four, Jay Nakins, number five, Trey Alexander, number six, Tyson Degenhart, number seven, Pop Isaacs, number eight, Quincy Oliveri from Xavier, number nine, Zeke Mayo, number 10, Jalen House. Uh, honorable mention, we have three here. We have Denver Jones at Auburn, Judah Mintz, and Jameer Young cracks our honorable mentions. Uh, again, this is list guy guys list. We didn't really alter this one. Like the list, but this is list guy guys list. So go get mad at him if you're uh, upset with anything on this list. What are your thoughts? You got to read the little blurb under best athletes. So guys blurb says put them in center field, free safety, or on the court. I was gonna change that though before we put it off. Oh, you were oh my bad. That's all that's that, that's no, all it's all, so I like guy love guy to death. He puts a lot of personality into these lists, which is fantastic. Um I just I don't know. I, I'm like picky on some of the personality stuff that we put out on like list form. For some reason, I'm not with video, but that's no shots to guy. I just I like I laugh every time I read guys little sub sub lines here. And then I usually change them because I'm an asshole. So anyway, yeah. guys, best athletes. What do you make of this? Cohen Carr is not number one. Yeah, love guy. Devo Davis should not be on a top 10 athlete list. Yeah, I love guy, though. He's a great no, athlete. He he's a great is athlete. He? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I'm like, choking Ice Cube, but yes. No, that's uh, okay. Uh, I think that after everything that's been released, there shouldn't be a list where Chrome Car is not number one. He he shops up. That kid's a freak, like a like a legit freak athlete. It's insane. He needs to be number one. Yeah, he's that's one not, of one. That's, I, I, that's that's my thing too. Is he's just one of one. Like there's there's best athletes that aren't Cohen Car. And then there's Cohen Carr. Like we we probably should have done the list that's best non-Cohen Carr athletes if we really wanted to have a dialogue because there's just no world. Uh, and Cohen wasn't originally on this list. We had to tell list guy guy, hey, you're gonna have to put Cohen Carr on this. So he yeah. slotted him in at two. We told him put him at one. 
uh, but a little executive authority decision from list guy guy. And, but we also, we put, we said, cause he sent us this last Thursday, we said, put Cohen Carr in that day. And then he proceeded to show up that day after on Friday and he might've heard the noise. He might've heard the rumblings or something. And he, yeah. he solidified himself as the best athlete in the country. Yes. 100%. Um, I, uh, uh, Jaden Aikens at four. We really doing that? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> of course you're not mad at it. He's top top four? I mean, Jaden Aikens sat at the little media day thing for Michigan State, and they asked him, like, you or Cohen Carr, are you the same type athlete? And he was like, no way. Like, <laughs> there's got to be some guys who are at least willing to jump with Cohen Carr on this list, even if they're not as good at it. Jaden's like, he's way better than me. I got his autograph. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just happy to see that there's two Michigan State players on this list. I think that makes it a great list. Uh, you think any Michigan players would uh, make a make a shot at this list? No, actually, Trey actually Trey Jackson's a pretty good athlete. You got to give him that. No, I don't have to give him that. I'm not going you to. Don't? Um, no, okay. I, I don't have to. Uh, there is a Big Ten name I think should have been on the list. It's a freshman. You want to guess? Big Ten freshman that should have been on the list. Huh. No, who is it? Miles Coleman. Freak. He's a freak. Ah, yep. That's a good one. That's a good shout. Yeah, actually, I love Jay Nakins. Miles Colvin deserves to be on this list over Jay Nakins. Yeah, I think Miles is a better athlete than Jaden. Both good athletes, don't get me wrong. But that's kind of, I think my larger takeaway from this version of Guys Guys is uh, I don't think there's a bunch of great athletes. If this is an accurate list, I, I don't view many of these guys as like supreme athletes, great basketball players, but like I don't view Trey Alexander as a freak athlete. I don't view Cliff Fomorier as a freak athlete. And that's uh, see, see, I, I was just about to say, I think I might throw Cliff in the freak athlete category. Okay. I guess like he's, yeah, he's six eleven, two forty five, 245, not an inch of fat on his body and can jump out of the gym. I guess. <laughs> no, not you're not. I think it's true, but like, I, aren't there a lot of Cliff Amoriers athlete wise? Like going back the last decade, I feel like there there's probably hundreds of Cliff Amoriers that have played college basketball. Yeah, but we're not looking at past. We're looking at this season, which makes me think it's a down year. Like okay, that's just, okay. there's there's Cohen Carr, and that's it. Everybody else is like replacement level good athlete to me. I feel like maybe I'm just being I down on. Jude Judah Men should be in the top ten too. I think. ACC Player of the Year pick, Judah. Uh, but but also if he's if he is a freak athlete. Do you like Jalen House on this list? Uh, no. Do you like Jameer Young on this list? Uh, no. But can I keep going? Do you like if, Tyson Degenhardt on this list? No, 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 I Do don't. You... <laughs> um, but I was all, but, but I also don't like Pop Isaacs on this list as well. But I think that Debo Davis, Pop Isaacs, Jalen House, and Jameer Young all go in a certain category. I just don't know if it's best athletes. I think it's like best, I don't know, best Patrick Beverly defender, some some type of play on that. Okay. Yeah, I was saying this to you offline before we uh clicked record today, but um I'm kinda I'm kind of interested in coming up with new topics for some of these lists. I think Guy's doing a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong. He's crushing. But uh, I think, like, like the next one he's made for this week is top 10 passers. And I feel like that's really just, like, 
counting assists, honestly. Like I'm more, I'm curious and intrigued by like, how do we put our spin on some of these lists? Like we had the like guys you want to give the ball to at the end of the game and get out of the way. That's fun. Cause there's some subjectivity to it, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't like just like counting stat lists and look, athlete isn't counting stats. Clearly athlete is like more just, Oh, who's a good dunker. But like, I don't love the names on this one. I don't love it. Uh, the only, the only reason I wanted the passers list to come up is because I think the best passer is on that list. And I don't think it would say who it is. I also think there's a player on that list who's going to end up being the best point guard in the country. Oh, interesting. And, and it's not who you think. You think but it's we'll, Elliot? We'll, you, you think it's Elliot Cadell? I do. Yeah. I got I'm dialed in with you. Yeah, we might need to do point guards still. We probably will because guy's out of commission. He made the my, list. My, my UNC hype is off the charts right now, Gregory. It is. I'm sorry. Uh, what was Riley Davis's quote? Cadeau's a dude. Cadeau's a pro. No, he said Cadeau's a pro. Cadeau's a pro, man, or something like that. I made a graphic about it. He didn't like the graphic. Uh, okay. All right. Well, shout out to uh, Guy. We love you, Guy. I, I don't remember where you are this week, Guy, but I hope wherever you are, you're having a great time. And uh, thanks for your list of best athletes. Colin Carr should have been one, though. Massive mistake. And uh, at least we'll get some engagement out of it. Debo Davis over Colin Carr, man. <laughs> it's really going to open myself up to some something. Yeah. Blame the list guy guy. Uh, by the way, this has nothing to do with any of the topics that we've done today, but I just want to mention it quickly. Did you see the Sky Clark video he put out from Louisville scrimmage? What? Yeah, I did. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Did you come away with the same two takeaways that I came away with? Uh, I I think the one takeaway I came with is that there was no finishes on anything. Oh, okay. That wasn't one of mine. I have two takeaways. One, I think Sky Clark was looking great. I think he was looking like a hooper and doing his thing. The handle was there. Some of the shot was there. He, he just looks like I expected him to look. Love that from Sky. Also, Sky has not changed. He's still ruthless. This man cut up, <laughs> cut up a hype reel of himself absolutely cooking his teammate and put it in slow-mo and like ran the clip back, like from his personal, not even from Louisville. Like he literally like dropped his boy with a crossover and said, let me put that to Twitter immediately. I love that. It's so ruthless. And he's the only player in the country who would do it. I love it. I love the whole Sky Clark experience so much. So shout out to Sky. Go watch his uh, highlights from the Louisville scrimmage. If you'd like to see them on Sky Clark's Twitter. Let's go to one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, you're in Las Vegas. I can't get over that. It's incredible. What's your one big thing today? Easy one big thing today. Uh, slot machines are a sham. Absolute sham. If you're going to come to the casino and you're going to gamble, play a table game, play something with a real person, play something that you can see something. Don't fall for the flashing lights and the bells and the sweet, fun, loud machines. They're a sham. It's like betting parlays and, you know, sports gambling. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a rush. But when it comes down to it, not the most profitable thing to do. Stay away from the slots. Learn how to play yourself a card game. Start with blackjack. Work your way up. I suggest craps. Roulette's also fun. But stay away from the fun, shiny, loud slots. Does that go for the Monopoly slot, too? It does. Because I love the Monopoly slot. It, it, it goes for the Monopoly slot as well. That hurts. I feel like that's the one exception. 
I love going to the casino with you, by the way. It, it's been rare. What, two times in our life that we've been to a casino together? Great time. Both times, so. Yeah, we need to run it back. Yeah, we do. Make it I happen. Think we're visiting, or I think we're visiting y'all in December for uh, for dinner. I think we need to make that dinner at Gun Lake Casino. I mean, love that Meg and Mal have planned out months in advance because uh, yeah. with your travel schedule, it's difficult. Yeah, it's ass. <laughs> it's great. I respect it. Uh, okay. My one big thing today, uh, you already know this, but just want to uh, speak on something personal that happened to me this weekend. I got asked to officiate a wedding. The Discord knows about this already, but I was like completely caught off guard. And uh, it very, I would say very emotional experience being asked to do that. Like pretty, pretty humbling. Not something you ever envision that someone's ever going to give you an opportunity to do in your life. Like I, it feels very rare to me. I don't think there's many things that have happened to me in life that are so unexpected in a sense of, I never thought that could happen. Like I think about my life a lot and I usually think of all the various outcomes of things that could happen. Never once thought like, Oh, I will officiate a wedding. Just never thought of it. And uh, one of our best friends, Shout out to to Becky and her fiance Andy. Asked, uh, we were at the bar, just a little get together, had some friends in town, and uh, she came up. I could tell she was making some weird eyes. I'm like, what is going on? She comes right up and just point blank asked. I was like, what the hell? This is incredible. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about it. I hope I do a great job. I'm gonna bust my ass to do a great job, but I uh, just wanted to like verbalize the crazy experience of being given a beautiful opportunity to do that for a friend. It is amazing. And I, I already told you this, my brother in Christ, I, you're made to officiate weddings. You're you're going to be special at that. Like you're good with the words. You're good with the presence. You're going to be, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm a elated to see the fit as well, because I feel like, yes, you're going to wear something to the wedding, but I feel like now that you're officiating the wedding, like you're really going to show out, uh, making a quick early push for you showing ankle with whatever you wear. But yeah, you're going to be special officiating this wedding. And I'm gonna need footage, I think, too. So let's let's make that happen. I'm also pretty excited because they were acting like I get to do some stuff with the wedding party now that I'm involved in this fashion. Mal's obviously gonna be in the wedding. So uh from what I know, I've met some of Andy's friends over the last couple of weeks. And uh first of all, big sleepers fans, big supporters. Shout out Keith Black, by the way, who hung hey. out bar all weekend. But uh yeah, like I, I feel like finding a golf course, finding whatever drinking I can do with that friend group, I'm pretty excited about. But more importantly, I get to use my words and give them this beautiful moment for the rest of their life. So thank you, Becky. Thank you, Andy. And uh, highly recommend get to a point where someone asks you to officiate a wedding because it's an emotional experience. Do whatever you got to do to find that. All right, Cart, good show today. Uh, is it a good or a bad thing that this episode ended? It's a good thing, I think. I think it's a good thing, too. We'll see you tomorrow on the Sleepers Podcast. Subscribe to the Discord.